Okay, we're uh, we're back at it. Many guys who aren't from Oklahoma, Barry, you have no idea. We don't like them. It's personal. We got a logo too. We've been working on one for 18 years, and, and we want everybody in the country to know, with all due respect, we got a logo too. We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Colby, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about for this episode since Oklahoma State's on a bye, but the content gods have delivered, haven't they? Yes, they have. They they always do when we're in season, right? It's uh, I've been looking forward to sitting down, putting on this headset, and just letting it all out because... Uh, this is one of those shows that I feel like might be a little cathartic for me, Carson. Yeah, I think so. And I'm, I'm really eager to kind of talk about this at more length other than the, the 200 something characters that Twitter allows. Cause people like to pick through those with a fine tooth comb when you're, you really can't say everything you want to say in one single tweet. But, uh, before we get into bedlam and, uh, bullets and BBs and all the good stuff, we want to hear from Chris's university spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. We appreciate Chris's as always. And uh, without further ado, Colby, let's just jump right into it. So I'm just minding my own business, going to work. And uh, I see this tweet from Brett McMurphy saying the Bedlam series is officially done. He had quotes from both Joe Castiglione and, and Chad Weiberg. On the surface, it didn't seem like it was news, but getting those two on the record specifically, I think, is news. And so I, I wasn't trying to cause a, a Twitter stir. I wasn't trying to even, you know, jab OU fans by any means. I was just giving my honest assessment in the way it, it's always been this assessment ever since OU in Texas announced they were leaving for the SEC. I, my tweet said, this really stinks for fans. It may, listen closely, OU fans, it may be the best thing that's ever happened to OSU football. You get out of the giant shadow, less focus on one game every year, a chance to run your own conference. But spare me, Joe C., Joe Castiglione, OU Athletic Director, this is entirely on OU breaking ties with a business partner of 100 years. Now, I'm, walk, I'm walking to my truck to go to work. I'm not, like, going to type out the exact amount of years they've been in the same conference and all these things people want to pick and pick apart and, and tweet derogatory things at me. And I guess I'll start with this, Colby. Like, OU passing the buck on this publicly, and this is not the first time. Remember, Joe Joe Harris and Joe Castiglione, they stood up there and at the Oklahoma State Senate or whatever. They had some public engagement where we still want to play. I think it might have been their, their board, their regents meeting was what it was. We still want to play Bedlam. We love Bedlam, blah, blah, blah. It's not true. They don't want to play the game just like Oklahoma State doesn't want to play the game. And so what followed were just thousands and thousands of tweets from OU fans playing the whole, you're just scared. We still want to play you. You just don't want to play because the overall record's so lopsided. You need uh, all this nonsense. What's true is neither school wants to play it. And Oklahoma knew this rivalry was ending the second they wanted to go to the SEC. So that's kind of just my opening thoughts, Colby, as I was going to work, minding my own business, and it turned into a, uh, a Twitter 
barrage from from OU and OSU fans just lobbing jab after jab after one another. Yeah, I, you're you're so patient on Twitter, just replying to all these people as often as you do, because I'll just send something out to troll the OU fan base and then just not reply to any of their comments. I just I just let it go out there and just let them fester in it. it here's my thing. Like you said, neither program wants to play it. Oklahoma State doesn't want to play it for obvious reasons. OU, look, you want to go to the SEC? You want to take the money? You want to leave us for dead and not care what happens whenever you're gone? Fine. Go. Leave us for dead. We'll figure it out ourselves. We will take over the Big 12 Conference. We will get the viewership. And we will will run the new look Big 12. OU, when they left last summer, you remember the mood, Carson, in the weeks after Oklahoma left. Not only around here, but nationally as well. The mood was the Big 12 is dead. A handful of you will be picked off to go to other Power 5 conferences, and if you're not one of those who's picked, guess what? You're just left, hung out to dry. And OU didn't give a damn what happened to OSU whenever they decided to go to the SEC. And then now they want to come around and get on their high horse and act all hardly, holier than thou. We'd love to play Oklahoma State. Yes, we, we with this long relationship, look how long we've been together. We'd love to play Oklahoma State. Oh, now you care about Oklahoma State. Now you, not last summer, whenever you were leaving Oklahoma State and the rest of the conference for dead, but now you care about Oklahoma State. It's, it's just this. This arrogance from Oklahoma and and the fan base just has attached themselves to it. It's honestly, Carson, I would love to be an OU fan because they have they just have this ability to disassociate themselves from reality, create a reality of their choosing, and then just live in that little world where they're always the good guy, they're the best in the country, everything comes up OU, nothing's ever their fault. You want to take the money, go take the money, but don't turn around and point at Oklahoma State and say, guys, why can't we play Bedlam? It's like, yeah, let, let me leave my, my wife for a 22-year-old and then see if my wife still wants to hook up on the weekends. No, that's not how any of this works. You left. Go. Good. Like I said on Twitter, good. Kick rocks. Go. Exactly. And, and Mike Gundy hit on those, and we'll hear from Mike here here in a second. But uh, you're, you're so right. Like, the idea that now they care and now that they want to play, just it, it's not true. They, they left Oklahoma State for dead in a, in a dead conference. And that's another thing I said that people were like, Oh, I thought you said this is the best thing that could ever. Well, a lot's changed <laughs> since the day that OU and Texas left. The big 12 has done a remarkable job to try to pick up the pieces from a shattered conference. And Oh, by the way, why is the big 12 weakened in the first place? OU and Texas refused to expand because they wanted they didn't want to share their big piece of the pie. They didn't want to share any more pieces of the pie. They wanted to collect their third-tier rights, and they didn't want to split their money anymore with other, other programs to make this conference better. They were selfishly looking out for themselves. I'm not saying that's wrong, but OU and Texas are to blame for why the Big 12 was in the position they were in for them to leave. Like, it was their own doing. Them combined with Texas, who created the Longhorn Network instead of the Big 12 Network, it's those two schools have been running this conference into the ground. This ship was sinking and they jump off of it and say, good luck. We wish you well and have no intentions of playing you anymore because they don't care. They don't, they shouldn't care. They're going to the sec. They're going to have a great home schedule. They'll, they'll get to play all these marquee games. I certainly understand. OU leaving. I do, but this is all just 
posturing and playing the public relations game because Joe Castiglione and Joe Harris know they killed Bedlam. Do they want to be blamed for it? Absolutely not. And what you see is they are very powerful and for good reasons. And again, I have a lot of respect. I want to preface it with this too. I have a lot of respect for the University of Oklahoma and Joe Castiglione. I covered that program. I have a newfound respect for it, having been covering them for the last 10 to 12, 13 years in the media. It's not like I'm just some okie-dokie OSU fan that hates OU. I'm not. I, I've covered them. When, when you start interviewing these players, you realize they're all just 18-year-old kids trying to make it in the world. And it's, it, it's kind of silly, too, when you work in the media and you're interviewing these guys. You're like, wow, some people's lives are ruined on Saturdays if, they don't, if these kids don't win a football game. It kind of – it really kind of – offers a great perspective for you when you're watching college football, working in the media. So I have a lot of respect for Oklahoma. I'm not just some OU hater. But what I don't appreciate or like is the fact that OU killed Bedlam by leaving the conference. And we're going to get to, Colby, all these OU fans saying that, well, we can still play. Why can't you play? You can cancel all these non-conference games. We'll get to all that. But to sit there and publicly state, and Joe Castiglione's quote was, OSU's shown no interest, so we're moving on. Well, neither has OU. That's important to note here. Mark Rogers has been screaming this on the radio all week, and he's right. Mark has great sources within the University of Oklahoma. He broke the news that the Thunder were going to be called the Thunder. He has great sources uh, just abroad in the state of Oklahoma, but specifically in Norman. He maintains OU has not made one phone call attempting to schedule Oklahoma State because they have no intentions to as well. They're not going to join the SEC and then come into the cauldron of Stillwater and, and play what they call their little brother and, and, and try to lose that game while they're trying to play an SEC slate. That's just, they have no interest. So this is all posturing. This is all PR. The fact of the matter is when they sat down and started negotiating with the SEC, they went through the pros and cons. A huge con on that list was, this will kill Bedlam, but we're going to make 40 more million dollars a year, so we're doing it. We don't care about Bedlam. Just be honest about it. Don't sit there and say you want to still play Bedlam. You don't. You want your 40 million dollars, and all these OU fans sitting there tooting their horn on their high horse. There's no reason to be on a high horse. You don't want your administration does not want to play this game. So quit, quit playing this holier than thou. We're a better program than you. We still want to play. You don't. Look at all these other teams that play their rival in a different con- – stop it. It has no relevance. They knew they were killing it, Colby, when they made the move. Yeah, no, I think we're, we're pretty much lockstep on a lot of this stuff. It's just the idea that so many of them have gotten behind this. It's like just – Tell the truth. Just say it out loud, and it's okay. We don't even care. You're going to the SEC, fine. A lot of us think we're going to be better off over here on the Oklahoma State side and that we're not going to miss Oklahoma. We're good. Go do your thing. Go make your money. We will be the big fish in this small pond. The playoff's going to expand to 12, and then boom. Hopefully Oklahoma State is just in and out of the playoff all the time. But, again, to just sit around and act as if, Nope, it's all on Oklahoma State. I, I just, I don't get it, Carson. And, you know, I, I tweeted out some stuff the other day, you know, kick rocks uh, and this and that. But, Carson, you, you mentioned the uh, talks about uh, 46 times they played whenever it wasn't this and it wasn't that and yada, 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 all this. And it's like, hold on, slow down, take a breath. 
any of the times that OU and OSU had played out of conference are completely irrelevant to what is happening in 2022 in the modern college football landscape. The modern college football landscape is so different from whatever was happening in, I don't know, 19- Missouri Valley. Yeah, Missouri <laughs> Valley, 1964. Uh, I mean, TV contracts weren't ruling the world whenever OU and OSU were in different conferences. This is a, a very different situation, and it just shows the straws that they're reaching for to try to make this Oklahoma State's fault. And I don't even get it from their perspective because it's like if you're an OU fan at this point, just say, yeah, we're, we're better than you. That's why we're going to the SEC, and uh, we're not going to play you anymore because we don't need to because, again, we're going to the SEC. No, instead they're acting like they still want to play Bedlam and like OSU is to blame, and it's, you, you know, I was more fired up about it earlier in the week. I, I'm just kind of to the point of accepting that they just create a different reality for themselves to live in, and I, I don't know, you, you just you can't reason with them sometimes. Uh, just that whole fan base, you just can't reason with them sometimes, Carson, and uh, yeah. this is like one of those times. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I'm, like, I'm ready to move on, too, but I feel like we have to discuss everything that's happened this week, and I want to make two points here. Uh, my, my point about them being business partners, this took a lot of OU fans took issue with this. And one, one being my girlfriend, who's an OU alum, her and I even kind of hashed this out together. <laughs> but uh, she, she took issue with the business partners, just like a lot of people did on, on Twitter. They share the Big 12 TV revenue equally. And that's where all of the money comes from. That's the point of all of this conference realignment. And what OU did was basically cut $20 million off of Oklahoma State's budget and revenue from the TV deal. They're all in business together, whether OU fans want to admit that or not. Everyone remaining in the Big 12 are business partners. They are. They share revenue equally. There's no other way to say it. And for someone to cut $20 million out of your pocket by leaving and and joining another business, and then to have that entity speak publicly that, well, we'd still love to do business with you. This is not how the world operates. No one is going to continue to do business with that entity. It's just, it, and that's, that was my whole point of my tweet. And that's before Colby. And this is what I wanted to bring up to you is it's so convenient for you to say this considering they just wiped off all of their SEC non-conference opponents because they're now going to be in conference while Oklahoma State has plays nine conference games. The SEC currently only plays eight. I think that will go to nine once they get all these these members from OU and Texas in the SEC. But it's just the the irony of (laughs) them wiping off their non-conference schedule and say, hey, we'd love to play, while OSU has been all the while scheduling Alabama, Oregon, on down the list. Like, it's, it's just, it's a fool's errand to sit there and say that, well, we want to play you. Why don't you want to play us? Yeah, also, I mean, what does Oklahoma State gain from playing that game? I, I, I don't get it. I, uh, I mean, when the news broke last summer that they were leaving, I mean, one of my first thoughts was get that game off the schedule. It's, and look, I get it. I even saw Marshall Scott. Uh, I saw his tweet where he's like, you know, look, you know, it, it's probably better for Oklahoma State to get a game off the schedule that they lose. 80, 90% of the time, but it's still sad because that game was the biggest sporting event uh, of the year. Every year growing up, it was the same for me. My dad went to Oklahoma state. I went to Oklahoma state. My wife and I met at Oklahoma state. We still go to the games. We sit in the West end zone. I I, I love going back to Stillwater. It still feels like home to me. All, All that said, Bedlam. Yes, it was very special, 
I don't know that I'm going to miss it. I, I really don't. Maybe I'll miss it. Maybe I'll miss the feel. Uh, you know, who knows? In a couple of years, may, maybe I'll feel differently and I'll, and I'll say different things. But I don't know, Carson, do you, do you really feel like college football season is going to come and then college football season is going to end and you're really going to miss the fact that there was no Bedlam Saturday here in a couple of years? Oh, yeah. I'm going to miss it the second it's not played. I mean, I, it, to me, it, it, it goes hand in hand with college football. And I mean, do I think it's hurt Mike Gundy? Obviously, his record speaks for itself. But the, I think the weight of that game has almost been unbearable for Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma State program. Because no matter how good you are, no matter how many wins you have, you don't win that game, you probably don't win the league and your season's kaput and all that. But this has become Colby, and this is another thing that OU fans just will never admit and don't want to admit. And I'll never forget watching the OSU-Baylor Big 12 Championship game last year. The loudest person in the place I was watching was an OU fan cheering for Baylor. So don't, don't, ever, don't ever try to tell me it's not, not a rivalry. A yeah, not don't a ever ri- try to tell me that we don't matter and you don't care about it. Like, that was like that, that was the perfect encapsulation of what they and it and just look at the reaction on Twitter today. If they really didn't care, would I really be getting hundreds of tweets from OU fans all butthurt about what I said? Of course not. Right, but not fans, Carson. Also, a, a couple of people who cover the team were in there as well. Which you know, fandom yeah. and, and covering the team is a little bit different in my eyes. But I, I can keep some of that to myself if we want. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I know I know what you're referencing, and and that was not lost on me either. Yeah, uh, but but this is what this is program. what we're losing though, Colby. ESPN's College Game Day has been to Stillwater six times over the years. Five of those games were Bedlam. OU has hosted eight game days. Two of them were Bedlam. So Bedlam has hosted seven College Game Days. That matches OU in Texas and Ohio Ohio State Michigan. Like it's been one of the preeminent rivalries in all of college football. And whether you want to sit there and thumb your nose at Oklahoma State, that's a fact. And here's another fact. They were sharing TV revenue this whole time. Well, who was the second best program in the Big 12? Oklahoma State. Who played in the most de facto before they had the Big 12 championship game, de facto Big 12 title games? Oklahoma State. Who brought the biggest television ratings when it, when it came down to other than OU in Texas, it was Oklahoma state and Oklahoma and Texas. Like they're right there. They did their part to make this league survive. And in my opinion, OU and Texas killed this league years ago when all the, the first, the first schools left because they were tired of dealing with Texas. Oklahoma didn't want to expand. And that's why we're in this position in the first place. But that's why I will miss it. Colby. This is bar none by any metric you want to use. One of the best rivalries. It's up there in terms of national visibility with OU Texas and Ohio State Michigan. So I'm definitely going to miss it. Yeah, so that's a good point about the national visibility. I guess here's my problem, Carson, and maybe this is just, you know, when, when I was born, what I've gone through uh, with Bedlam, uh, you know, my family growing up, it was always miserable. One, one of my uncles growing up, I just, I, I hated Bedlam because we always lost and then it was Thanksgiving and my uncle was there just letting me have it about Bedlam and it's just 
I associate Bedlam Carson more with the pain that it has bought, brought me throughout my life than the intensity and the fun of the rivalry. And, and I don't know. I'd be very curious whether uh, more OSU fans feel that way or feel like you do, like this is a huge thing. And even though I don't necessarily want them to play it, I will miss it. Where from my perspective, it's like when I think of Bedlam, most of the things that I think of our pain. And then obviously, you know, 2011, 2021, uh, those were very cool moments, but I mean, 2014, the punt return, but that's, that's three in 11 years. I, man, I don't know. I, I associate Bedlam a lot with pain, Carson. Maybe that's just the glass half, em- half empty in me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think most OSU fans feel that way and yeah, I, I can certainly understand that sentiment, but I mean, most of the, most of those years, Colby, you're playing with house money. O- OU was ranked in the top five. Oklahoma State was not. So, like, the pain is relative in, in my eyes. But you know, I want to be clear, too. I'm definitely going to miss it as a fan, for sure. But make no mistake, the little brother thing to do would be to play this game moving forward. I thought Adam Lunt pointed this out very well on Twitter. This is a, sh- a sheer sign that Oklahoma State has great leadership. Because a little brother would say, oh, oh, you, we wish you the best in the SEC. We hope you guys do really well. Of course, we'll still keep playing you. I mean, we, we need you. We can't survive on our own. Thank you for allowing us to be, share the same field as you. Not, this is not your grandpa's Oklahoma State, okay? Top 10, in the, top 10 in wins in the last 10 years. I mean, what they've built is pretty remarkable as an athletic department, specifically a football program. They don't need to play the game straight up. And the little brother move, OU fans that keep tweeting me, little brother, as if that bothers me, as if I haven't heard that before, is this is the most proof you can have that we're not. And you're just, it's driving you crazy that we don't want to play the game just like your administration doesn't either. And deep down, Colby, that loser OU fan I saw watching OSU Baylor, he'd be, he'd be nervous going to Stillwater at night while having to play an SEC schedule. He would. And that's why this administration has from Oklahoma has no interest in playing the game. But I want to commend the administration from Oklahoma State because 10, 15, 20 years ago, they may have needed to play this game to survive. They don't. And I love the show of strength from Oklahoma State because they don't need OU. Good luck. Have fun. You're not going to win nearly as many conference titles in that conference. That's that's a fact. And good luck to you. We don't need you. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, uh, yeah, the little brother stuff. It, it's just so much of what OU fans do to try to get under the skin of OSU fans. The It's not a rivalry. The little brother stuff. I, I mean, that stuff, I, I don't even – give it any attention at this point. It's just in one ear, out the other. Uh, they're just trying to get a rise. And, and look, I'm guilty of doing the same thing in reverse. Um, but I think I've gotten to a point now where I've struck a good balance of just occasionally ripping one out, uh, a tweet, just getting them fired up, but then just taking a step back. It's like, just tweet it, close the app, boom. Don't look for a couple hours, go on, scroll through the replies. Oh, yep, there's some upset OU fans, all that good Good stuff. Uh, you know, the other day I had uh, somebody who's he's tweeted at me a lot over the years. He was tweeting at me back when I was with the franchise and stuff. And uh, what, what is it? Here it is. So 
Uh, Seth Buchanan tweeted us the other day, uh, said one of the most baffling things really I've ever heard is OU blaming OSU for Bedlam being gone. And I said, it's baffling, but it was also incredibly predictable and on brand for them because it is. It's so, so, so predictable for OU fans to take this turn. And I get this reply, Carson. I love it. On brand for OU, question mark. You are effing hilarious. OSU can lose every game except the OU game and think they have a great season. That's just not true. That's just not true. Maybe 20 years ago, maybe your dad's Oklahoma State. Maybe your grandpa's Oklahoma State. Not in 2022. That is just not the case. These teams are playing with conference championships on the line. Uh, Oklahoma State has has been great over the last decade. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Carson, you know what's going to happen after they go to the SEC, right? I, I just want to put this out there. You, you know what's going to happen from this fan base. Uh, I have no idea. Tell me. So here's what's going to happen. OU is going to go to the SEC. The playoffs going to expand to 12. Oklahoma State being in the Big 12 is going to be set up very well to be one of those 12. You know, it's not a guarantee that they'll get there every year. They won't get there every year, but they'll certainly get there some years in that new format. And the OU fan base is essentially going to copy and paste what the Texas A&M fan base has said for the last year, uh, pardon me, the last decade, which is, well, congrats on making it there. You're just going to get killed. You play in that week, Big 12. You can never do it in the SEC. I just, I just want to throw that out there. That way everybody knows. Don't be surprised. Don't get upset. When it inevitably happens, just lean your head back and laugh at them because it is coming, and it will be a direct copy and paste from the Texas A&M playbook. Oh, that would be rich. That would be absolutely rich. <laughs> Uh, well, if you're listening to this podcast, surely you've heard Mike Gundy talk about Bedlam. Uh, let's let's hear what Mike had to say. I thought this was awesome, and uh, not many coaches in college football would say this. I'm going to give you guys a chance to challenge me. So, so I'm going to state facts, and if at any time I say something that is not a fact, you guys can stop. I think that's fair, right? Isn't that what we want? Okay. OU's officials were in negotiations with the SEC for months and months before anybody in this league or the conference knew about it. No objections? During those multi-billion dollar conversations, I wonder if Bedlam was ever brought up at that point instead of the money. Okay. Bedlam is history. We all know that. It's, we've known that. Because OU chose to follow Texas and the money to the SEC. It's okay. Is that a fact? Okay. So now, we're having what I think are childish discussions, in my opinion, okay, over something that's done. And I would like to like make this the last statement I have because I have no hard feelings, but What's going on now is is almost a situation with a husband and a wife or a girlfriend and a boyfriend. When you know you're dead wrong and you try to turn the table and make them think they're wrong, when Oklahoma State has no part in this, we didn't have anything to do with their negotiations with the SEC. We didn't have any choice on choosing to leave the conference. They did. So everybody needs to get over it and move on and quit trying to turn the tables. It's somewhat comical that they still want to bring us into this equation. 
All right, Colby, a lot to unpack there, uh, clearly. Uh, I just I, I just want to commend Mike because you juxtapose what he said versus the the non-answer that Brent Venables gave about, well, they don't they don't talk to me. I don't get to do anything about it. Like I just I love how comfortable Mike is talking just in general. I love that he brought notes. Uh, I will say you are stooping. You are stooping to a certain level when you keep trying to, because this is a, this has been a talking point amongst Dr. Casey Shrum and Chad Weiberg about they followed Texas and the money to the SEC. That's, that's totally a dig, totally a jab. I don't think you need to say that because it really doesn't matter if they followed them or not, but Hey, I guess they're jabbing them back for, for Castiglione acting like they want to play the game and OSU doesn't. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So you like the notes because I actually didn't like that he brought notes. I like it when somebody just goes up and lets it rip off the cuff. Well, yeah, I mean, he kind of did, but but like something that important, uh, I think he wanted to be prepared. I, I do love that he challenged, you know, the people that cover Oklahoma State to like quiz him or test him or deny him. Like that's a captive audience that's going to not really challenge you much. <laughs> you know, most, right. of those, most of those people are not going to challenge you. Um but no, I, I loved what he had to say. Like, look, Oklahoma State wasn't consulted in this at all. They did it. And we've, we've moved on. Like, wh- why do they keep bringing us into the conversation is basically what he said. And that's totally where I'm coming from on all of this. Don't, don't even put our name in your mouth. Like, you don't want to play the game just like we don't. Yeah, I, I still think, and this is something that Mike Gundy talked about that, that we just listened to, the idea that Oklahoma in any way cared what happened to Oklahoma State is just false, and I feel like that has not been a big enough part of the narrative. O- Oklahoma was, look, they were going to the SEC. They made a, a decision based solely on self-interest, and look, I get it. Money runs the world. That's what people do, but Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, Iowa State, all these other schools were just kind of in limbo. I mean, it was a rough couple of months after OU and Texas left of just speculation and not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing uh, whether your university is going to have a place in Power 5 big-time college football moving forward. Uh, I mean, that's just based on the decision that OU made, and not only the decision that OU made, but the way that they went about it to do it for months, just totally behind closed doors. And somehow the, the idea, uh, the, the fact that they left Oklahoma State for dead, it, it's just, it's not nearly a big enough part of the narrative. Um, yeah, th- this conference was in a bad way about, let's see, 14, 15 months ago, and it's it's really pulled itself together. I'm beyond impressed with what the Big 12 has done, um, and, and I think that the conference is in a strong place moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, Mike, Mike Gundy, he went after him a little bit, and, and I don't hate it. I really don't. Let's uh, If there's going to be some animosity, let's just let there be some animosity. We've got I, – I don't even know how many Bedlam games left. We thought maybe last year was the last one. Maybe this year could be the last one. There might be three or four more. We don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I – Look, Mike Gundy coming out, standing up for his university in this. Um, I, I didn't necessarily agree with every last word, every last syllable, but I, I appreciate the head coach coming out and just speaking speaking his mind. Well, I thought he nailed it in that it's basically childish conversations that we're having. It's basically OU pointing the finger and saying, you did it. And so Oklahoma State has to come back and be like, wait, we did what? Like, did you see the meme that the, the deep fried egg put out there of the guy shooting Bedlam 
And, yes. and he's, he's Oklahoma. And he said, why did Oklahoma State kill Bedlam? Like, I thought that was perfect because this is like childish blaming. Like, OU is bringing Oklahoma State into the conversation when really, like, they only have themselves to blame for there being no Bedlam. And I, I did see, too, Colby, a lot of – I saw a lot of things on Twitter. But a lot of OU fans were trying to say that Oklahoma State scheduled Tulsa, like, after they knew – OU was going to the SEC just to get their schedule, their non-conference schedule on the books. Like, hey, morons, OSU scheduled Tulsa in 2019 before they even knew, before COVID, before well before they even knew OU and Texas were going to the SEC. This was not some covert tactic to avoid playing your big bad university. Okay, like it's not true. So please stop it with the well. They scheduled these. Tulsa games, they can cancel those. And they did that knowing that, you know, we wanted to play. No, that, that, that did not happen. So I just wanted to get that out of the air. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good one. There's just – there's so much here, Carson. I don't even know – I mean, Oklahoma State fans have been on Twitter. OU fans have been on Twitter. It was really a whirlwind day on what was supposed to be uh, a pretty chill week in the state college football-wise, and especially for Oklahoma State. I'm actually glad that it happened on the bye week because I, I just – I wouldn't want any of this distraction. I wouldn't want Mike Gundy out doing that in the presser on a game week whenever you've got Baylor coming up on Saturday. So if all these distractions and all this um, just nonsensical bedlam talk and whose fault is it and all this stuff, if it had happened on a big game week, then I'd, I'd be a little worried about the distractions. So I think the timing of it actually might have been perfect for Oklahoma State. No, I, I totally think it is. I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's playing Kansas State in a night game. Like, <laughs> they got their hands full. They they got enough going on down there. And uh, it did come at a good time for us and, and certainly Oklahoma State. Uh, what do you got for uh, Bullets and BBs, Colby? You got anything on Bedlam before we move on to Bullets and BBs? Uh, not specifically on Bedlam. I am, I'm curious to see uh, how OU handles Kansas State, the second-best team in the state of Kansas, which, uh, which is impressive. Carson, did we ever do Uni Heismans the other day? Yeah, we did. Did we? Who did I give my uni Heisman to? Uh, someone I had to, like, check the roster for. that I haven't really heard his name before. Oh, I gave it to Lamont Bishop. I thought that was two weeks ago. All right, I'll save my guy. There, there was somebody who really stood out to me on Saturday whenever I went back uh, and looked a little bit, but I'll save it. I'll save it. Maybe we, maybe we didn't. Was it Mason Cobb? No. He was no. going to be mine. Corey Black. Woo, oh, yeah, with the hair. Oh, the hair. It's just something, the black, gray, black. He had on the black cleats with the white laces. Oh, Corey Black was looking sweet against Pine Bluff. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I would have gone with Mason Cobb. He just looks like, remember, like, create a player on the NCAA video game? Like, you just give him all the wristbands in the world in a, a visor, call yep. it good. He just, yep. And it's single digit as well. So I, I thought he looked straight out of the NCAA game. So yeah. uh, let's do bullets and BBs, Colby. What do you got for me? Uh, bullet. I'm giving my bullet to Mike Boynton and his adorable children. I don't know if you watched the, uh, the video, Carson, but Mike Boynton had his son and his daughter bring him the non-conference schedule in his office, which his son then read over and they went through it. Uh, his kids could not be cuter. I'm, I'm a sucker, Carson. I've got a kid now. Uh, so I enjoy the family stuff from Mike Boynton. He just, you just, as soon as you think he can't get more likable, he gets more likable. Uh, so a bullet goes to Mike Boynton and his lovely family. That's a good one. I, I saw he was out recruiting on the, uh, the private jet. So he's, he's busy this time of year as well. 
my bullet is going to go to Mike Gundy for coming out and saying the things he did. He did not have to do that. He could have given a non-answer like Brent Venables did. And I just, again, that's all we want, right? Someone to be open, honest, tell us what they're really thinking. I thought he nailed it. Other than the, other than the little jab, which just makes you look like you're, you know, you're stooping to a certain level, but I thought he was great. And, uh, it's also a great time for him not having to worry about playing Oklahoma anymore. I mean, that's just, that's something that's really hindered his career. Um, but I thought he was excellent. And I also want to give it to the administration for refusing to play Oklahoma because there's frankly no reason to anymore. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good one. Uh, BB, Carson, and we might have the same one because it's obvious. It sticks out like a sore thumb, uh, and there's just no way around it. Paul Feinbaum. Oh, boy, my man, Paul Feinbaum. He goes on ESPN, talks about the Bedlam split, says nobody cares. We're talking about Stillwater, Oklahoma. (sighs) Paul, that's just not true. I mean, Bedlam games score massive ratings. Oklahoma State has started to score increasingly uh, good ratings. Aside from just a few schools in the SEC, Oklahoma State uh, has been better over the last decade than most of the schools in that conference. Not all, because the schools at the top of that conference have been incredibly impressive. They've won national championships. Not talking about those schools. I'm talking about the the other 80% of the SEC that Oklahoma State uh, would leave in the dust. It's just, I don't know what it is, Carson. I don't know what it is. Oklahoma State just, they cannot get the respect. It doesn't matter what they do. And look, Feinbaum's a clown. Feinbaum's always been a clown. But people tune in and people listen. And and Feinbaum says, look, nobody cares. We're talking about Stillwater, Oklahoma. And then somebody out there is watching. They're like, yeah, who cares? It's just Oklahoma State. I mean, come on now. It's just big BB to Feinbaum. He gets my BB as well. And before I get into the clown that he is, um, he calls Oklahoma a, a, a tiny little state. Is that what he, is that what he said? Yeah. Something along those exact, lines. Well, he it's says uh, it's a nice program. This, this is an, this meaning Bedlam is a nice little game in a small state, but to the rest of the country, it is giving it a big yawn this morning. Okay. Well, he's from Alabama. He acts like he's from California or New York City, like, spare me with your thumbing of the nose at Oklahoma. I looked it up. Alabama is the 24th most populous state. Oklahoma is the 28th. So let, let's stop acting like you're from this hoity-toity metropolis sitting there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Give me a break, Paul Feinbaum. And that, secondly... Real quick, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that loser at the midnight yell at Texas A&M making fun of Appalachian State for being in the middle of nowhere from College Station. That's essentially what Paul Feinbaum did. Exactly. That's a great analogy. And I've, I've never understood why Paul Feinbaum has the platform he does on ESPN. As far as I can tell, the only reason he's even famous is his crazy callers. That Phyllis lady is, should be more – she should probably have her own show over Paul Feinbaum. The guy has never had any talent that I that I've seen. He kind of he gets up there with his nasally drawl and just kind of mumbles around. Like, why is this guy? Why does he have the platform he does? I guess he was one of the first to talk nothing but SEC football, and that's certainly there's certainly a market for that. But just in terms of talent and certainly on air ability, like I've never understood it. And when he says comments like this, 
it only furthers that. I mean, quit acting like you're from, you know, freaking metropolis, dude. You're from Alabama. All right. And secondly, it's not a little game. As I just mentioned, it's tied with uh, OU in Texas and Michigan and Ohio State for most game days. Like it's totally relevant nationally. It's been one of the most fun games of the year. The, the Barstool guys were, were tweeting about it this week and how that much they were going to miss it. You know, Big Cat and, and PFT commenter. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. So I'm sure after railing against Oklahoma for their entire existence, now he's going to be a big fan of Oklahoma now that they're joining the SEC. Sure sounds like he already is, but that guy's a, that guy's a joke. I, I don't Whatever ESPN is paying him, it's it's highway robbery, in my opinion. Oh, it absolutely is. And, and good on him for stealing money from ESPN for so, so, so many years because so much of what he spews is just hot garbage. It has been for a long time. Also, I, I've never found him entertaining, uh, and, and I don't even – seek out his stuff sometimes he'll be he'll come across my tv most of what i see of his is on social media uh and it's usually whenever he says something stupid which is with a, a pretty high frequency so uh, i probably see more fine bomb than i would like maybe i need to mute fine bomb on the twitter maybe i need to mute uh him so i don't get any of his stuff but i'll keep phyllis in there i won't mute phyllis because if phyllis goes on another rant i want to be there for that absolutely uh well anything else bedlam related i think i think that about does it for this episode I think that's about enough. Let's just hope Oklahoma State uh, wins it again this year in case it's the last one. The, the problem is, Carson, we don't know when the last one's going to be, and I want to win the last one so bad. I want I want a decade where you just hang it over their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah have fun in the SEC. Enjoy your little eight and four, nine and three seasons year after year. We beat you on your way out. So uh, I just want to know when the last one is so I can mentally prepare. Got to win the last one, Carson. Well, they're definitely playing next year. Uh, 2024, I think, is when it gets dicey. Like, they're not going to be in the SEC next year. They're not. So 2024 might be the last one, but uh, selfishly, I kind of hope next year is so they, they finish it off in Stillwater. That would be – can you imagine what that environment's going to be like if we, we, we go into that game knowing it's the last one? Yeah, I mean, that'll be absolutely wild. It'll be absolutely wild. And – uh, I, I, again, but now I'm looking at a post Spencer Sanders era and what does that look like competitively? Um, yeah, now, now I'm getting way too far down the rabbit hole inside my own brain. So we, we can move on Carson before I start previewing the rosters for 2024 Bedlam. Yeah. One more note from me and for all the folks that keep saying, well, Florida state still plays Florida Clemson still plays South Carolina. Like the sec is going to have to play nine conference games soon. Like, those rivalries, interconference, those those are going to be on the chopping block too. So don't be surprised if all these other rivalries people keep citing go away as well. That's just kind of the way the nature of the beast. That's the way these TV contracts work, and that's the way conferences uh, work moving forward. So it's it's a sad day for me. Uh, I love Bedlam, even though it's <laughs> it's brought more pain than joy over my my 38 years on Earth. But um, Colby, this was good. It was good to hash things out with you. Yeah, it was. It's uh, sometimes it's frustrating to talk about Bedlam and frustrating to talk about the OU fan base, but uh, it kind of fell into our laps this week. So hopefully uh, more rational conversation will take over in the future, although I, I kind of doubt it. I do too. So everybody uh, enjoy the bye week. And then, uh, man, we're, we're into conference play, Colby. we got Baylor uh, coming up next weekend. Not this coming, but next. And uh, before you know it, Bedlam will be here. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm fired up for that Baylor game. Uh, I want to watch them play Iowa State this weekend. In, anything in the Big 12 really do anything for you this weekend? I mean, it's kind of the 
the unofficial first week of conference play. Kansas and West Virginia kind of screwed it up with their uh, their little week two conference matchup. But OU, uh, OU Kansas State, let's see, Baylor and Iowa State. We've got Duke and Kansas, Texas, Texas Tech. Anything doing anything for you? Yeah, I mean, I love, you know, going to Lubbock's never easy. Texas on the road. I, I think K-State's going to give Oklahoma a game despite the point spread, despite them losing to Tulane. I think they're easily the best team Oklahoma's played thus far. And man, I'm I'm fired up for Baylor Iowa State at 11 a.m. I mean that Baylor, <laughs> they lose that one. They're off to a really rough start. And uh, Iowa State obviously coming off the big win against Iowa. I think it's a really good slate for the for the Big 12. You got West Virginia, Virginia Tech t- uh, tonight. So yeah, I'm, I think this is a really good week early on in uh, in the portion of the schedule. I did not realize West Virginia, Virginia Tech was tonight. Uh, mainly, I'm just not reading my computer screen. Yeah, I'm going to turn that one on. Uh, that should be a good game. 11 o'clock, I'll definitely be watching Baylor, Iowa State. You could not pay me to watch TCU and SMU. I will stay as far away from that as possible. If my TV accidentally ends up on that channel, I'd be sure to uh, either turn the TV off or change it very quickly. Well, it's on ESPNU, so I think you're okay. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Uh, might have to have the two or three TV set up, though, because I'll probably have a little President's Cup going. And I tell you what, 11 a.m., I'm going to take a peek at Kansas, Carson. I'm going to watch them against Duke and just see what they look like because I'm, I'm fascinated by the phenomenon that is Kansas football having a pulse. I think they're going to house Duke, and it's just a weird existence we're living in now. Kansas is actually decent to maybe even good. We'll see. Yeah. Feels like the bizarro world. Yeah, and then Kansas State OU Saturday night, obviously, we'll watch that one, uh, although I do not expect much from Kansas State. They uh, – yeah. I think they showed who they were a little bit last week against Tulane. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I think Oklahoma's really good. I just, again, you can't even quantify the leap to Kansas State from Nebraska and Kent State and UTEP. Sorry. I don't know Kansas State lost, but they – it was kind of a weird game from Kansas State. They went they went for like five times on fourth down, only got one of them. I mean, it was kind of just a weird – I think I think beware, beware of riding off the Wildcats is all I'd say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you don't want to totally write them off. I, I don't know. And I also think OU's really good, but I guess we don't know that because the only team on their schedule that was supposed to have a pulse doesn't is one of the worst teams in, in the power five. I mean, you go to Lincoln and win by five touchdowns. Obviously that's good, but I don't know what to take from it. Other than that, you've got UTEP and Kent state. They were beating Kent state seven to what? Seven to three at halftime or something like that. So, um, yeah, I guess maybe I shouldn't write them off so quickly, but I, I just think OU is a much better team. They're not having to travel to Kansas State, um, so I think they take care of business pretty easily, but uh, I guess we'll see. That's why they play them. Absolutely. Uh, Colby, we'll, we'll chat with you next week. Absolutely, everyone. Uh, keep a level head on Twitter. Remember, not everything warrants a response. Uh, if, if they start being a little crazy, you can just scroll right on past. Enjoy the bye week. We're back next week uh, as Oklahoma State gets play. Conference play opened up with the Baylor Bears. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, go Pokes.